And now, from coast to coast, approximately, Bob Elliott and Ray Goulding are very pleased and delighted to present the CBS Radio Network. Okay, whistlers, back again here at the Bob and Ray Show. Boy, you realize another weekend is upon us already? That's right. Well, thank you for the mail that uh, we've received. Have any big plans for this uh, weekend? No, no, just going to stay around and mow the lawn. Get that all done, huh? Yeah. I guess most people will be, too. Uh, Wally Blue, you know, our remote broadcaster is somewhere today. We don't know exactly. I notice the engineer is nodding, which would indicate that Wally has called in and is ready to go on the air. So come in, please, Wally Baloo. This is personable, well-preserved Wally Ballou speaking from the Feffernick Memorial Stadium in Green River, Wyoming. This mammoth structure, which is the largest of its type in the world, is being dedicated today. And beside me at the microphone is the man responsible for the whole thing, Mr. Claude U. Feffernick. I presume, Mr. Feffernick, that this huge stadium is named in memory of some departed member of your family. No, as a matter of fact, Mr. Ballou, I named it after myself. But it's called Feffernick Memorial Stadium, and you're still living. Well, it's very observant of you to notice that, and you're quite correct in saying that I'm still living. But, of course, I'm enough of a realist to know that that won't always hold true. Uh-huh. And uh, I just didn't want to leave the job of building this memorial stadium to my wife. She'd crumb it up for sure, I know. Yes, well, I bet, Mrs. Feffernick, and I'd be inclined to go along with you on that. Well, I know it sounds pretty egotistical to be dedicating this stadium in memory of myself, uh, but I've spent $33 million building the thing, and I figure for that kind of money, I can dedicate it to anybody I darn please. Well, now, the stadium certainly is a breathtaking sight when seen from the inside like this. I wonder if you'd describe it to our radio audience, Mr. Feffer. Well, I'd be glad to. i get a real kick out of talking about it. Now, the stadium is a huge, bowl-shaped affair, and it has an upper, upper deck, and an upper, upper, upper deck over the upper deck. And it provides very comfortable seating for 368,000 people. And, of course, that makes it more than three times as large as any other existing stadium. Actually, uh, it makes it more than three times as large as any other existing stadium. Certainly is amazing. I might also mention that in the center of this huge bowl is a playing field about 70 feet long and perhaps 34 to 35 feet wide. Right, Mr. Pfeffernick? Oh, no. The field is a little larger than that. It's 50. 1,500 feet long and 1,250 feet wide. Well, I guess my perspective from up here is a little bit off. Yes, it's quite a bit off. Well, the thing I've been wondering about are those huge concrete pillars that are planted all over the field out there. Well, now, those are quite unique, Mr. Ballou. They're 10 feet high and 3 feet in diameter, and we have 72 of them constructed on the field there. Now, you might also be interested to know that the bases for those pillars go all the way down to bedrock. They're really in there to stay. Well, what are they for? Well, I don't remember. The architect told me, but I forget now. You certainly couldn't play baseball or football with those big pillars all over the field. No, any team sport would be extremely dangerous with those pillars there. Of course, we don't have any pro baseball or football here in Green River anyway. Well, what are you going to actually use the stadium for, then? Well, now, that's a fairly thought-provoking question. I suppose you could play hide-and-go-seek with the contestants hiding behind the pillars. 
But then I can't imagine 368,000 people coming out to watch it. I wouldn't think so, no. It's funny I never thought of that before. All during the construction, you know, I had a feeling that we were making a mistake somewhere. Uh-huh. I want to thank you for showing us around today. Well, it's just $33 million poured down a rat hole. That's what it is. And this is Radio Swally Baloo at Green River, Wyoming, sending it back to Bob Ray in New New York, you were going to say, I'm sure. Well, as we said earlier, the weekend is coming. Well, it's practically here. And no stopping it, of course. Don't see how, anyway. So we might as well make the best of it. Welcome now to Whirling Birds and High Adventure as we follow Chick and N.G., who are trying to build up Whirling Birds Incorporated, a growing concern. Whirling Birds, Inc., Chick Stash here. You run a uh, helicopter service? That's right. My name is Roger Provenzano, and I'm part owner of the Provenzano Proctor Golf Driving Range. Don't you worry about it, Mr. Provenzano. I know where your place is. We'll be there in no time at all. So long. Hey, wait a minute. Don't you want to know what the job is? Well, that's up to you, Mr. Provenzano. All we want is high adventure. You can certainly understand that, can't you? Sure. Now, my golf ball retriever is stuck out on the range. I think he's got the grip. And he's taking a battering out there because he can't move quickly enough. <laughs> Say no more, Mr. Provenzano. Angie huh? and I will haul him up. Good. And if you do a job, I'll let you swat a bucket of free golf balls. Chick, baby. Provenzano Proctor driving range. I'll swing the chopper around. Chick, look out. There's the rotor force helicopter. Swing our baby around. Quick. Too late, NG. We shut off his rotor vanes. He's had it. Well, there'll be a traffic jam on the turnpike tonight. Won't there, Chick, baby? I guess so. <laughs> NG, uh, we're over the Provenzano Proctor golf driving range now. Yes, and there's our man. Lying between the 175 and 200-yard signs. Seems to be in bad shape. You think you'll be able to get into the uh, Nyquist seat when you lower it? Well, I'll use the Porta Talk amplifier and explain it to right, you. Right, N.G. And I'll swing this baby right over. Yeah, that's, that's got it. Okay, go ahead, N.G., baby. Get to work with the Porta Talk. You, lying down there. We're going to lower a Nyquist seat. It's made of canvas and has hemp strap supports. Does he seem to understand, N.G., baby? He hasn't moved, Chick. Can you lose some altitude, Chick, baby? We're 11,000 now. Any lower and we'd wind up with several grosser golf balls in here, boy. Well, I'll try again. Golf ball retriever, if you know what a Nyquist seat is, wave your arms. A Nyquist seat, I say. Any luck? Not yet. He hasn't waved. He's inert. Well, I swing this baby around and have a look for myself. No, N.G., it's one of two things. One, he's too ill to move. Two, he doesn't know what an Iquist seat is. There's nothing we can do here. Right, Chick, baby. Let's move on for more high adventure. Right, N.G., baby. We'll call Provenzano later and explain the limitations of an aircraft of this type. In non-technical terms, of course. Let's go, Chick. Okay, boy. Those two birds are exciting, huh? 
Well, so, I like a little adventure myself. Now, are you going into the audience? I thought so. If I could take this microphone and go down and talk to some of the folks. <clears throat> now, let's see. Him, him. No, no, now, please. No, none of that. No, no, please. Him, sir. Him, him. Uh, let me see. Him. Him, all right. Uh, you, sir. Uh, what's uh, what's your name? Clifton Wordlinger. Clifton Wordlinger. And, uh... I'm a pizza flipper at uh, the Circular Food Restaurant on 42nd Street. You nice. from New York? Uh, are you from New York? No, sir? I'm not. No. Where are you from? from? Menlo Park, New Jersey. Menlo Park, New Jersey. Uh, isn't that the home of Thomas A. Edison, the wizard of Menlo Park? Yes. Although in his younger days, he wasn't known as a wizard. Well, I guess a person uh, has to do quite a bit before he's known as a wizard. I That's think. right. That's the reason you won't find too many young wizards around these days. Well, Edison certainly was a Garden State genius, no question of that. Just his work on movie cameras alone would qualify. And when you add to that the incandescent light... Yes, he was a New Jersey great, all right. Now, how did you become a pizza flipper, Mr. Wordlinger? Well, my Uncle Joseph Hanover was a famous pizza flipper, and uh, he taught me how to flip him. Joseph Hanover. I believe as a child I used to sneak into the uh, Rococo restaurant, wasn't it? That's right, the Rococo. That's where he worked. I used to sneak in just to watch your uncle work in the center of the restaurant, flipping them as high as 40 feet sometimes. Yeah. Uh, whatever happened to your uncle, Mr. Wordlinger? Well, his eyesight got bad. A lot of the stuff he was throwing into the air began to settle on the patrons. Yeah. He wasn't much good after that. Well, I'm certainly glad I caught your uncle Joseph Hanover while he was in his prime. I didn't have that kind of luck. I was there on his last night, a proud, defiant man, but... Yeah, well, you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. All right. <clears throat> no good to keep these things bottled up. No, Actually, it's the first time in years I've talked about them, and I feel a bit better for doing it. I'll tell you uh, what I remember about him. Uh, he had those class uh, classic Grecian features, as I remember, yes. and, and gnarled hands, uh -huh. and uh, this ageless kind of dignity that he had. Well, I think there. we'd all have to say that the man was touched by greatness. Well, I don't know if... You know this, sir, but in those days, your uncle was often compared to Ben Turpin. I didn't know that, no. Well, your uncle was a modest man, and he probably didn't want to tell you. Another measure of his greatness. Yes. He had the deep, rich quality of burnished brass. Incidentally, uh, he was a personal friend of Bennett Serf's in those days. I had heard that, and it's good to have it confirmed. Well, time's running out, sir, so I'd like to ask you... Has there been any recent or radical change in pizza flipping since your uncle's day? Well, yes, we don't flip the pizzas as high as they used to in the old days. Too many pizza snatchers around. And a pizza snatcher is a person who grabs the descending pizza before it lands and runs off yeah. without paying. Yeah, that... even when we throw them up a little as two feet, we have to elbow our way in there to mm -hmm. grab them. Well, that's a very unusual situation, and you've been a very unusual guest, Clifton Wordlinger, nephew of Joseph Hanover, former pizza great. Thank you. Here's your mail, Bob and Ray. Thank you very much. <clears throat> Let's see. Is there anything important there at all? I don't know. We could uh, rifle through it here. Maybe there's some questions that need answering All right. at the end of this second week. Well, here's one here from a person who writes... Let's see, from... It's a very nice handwriting. Beautiful. The person writes from uh, Detroit. Wants to know, Bob and Ray, could you tell us... Can you make out that word? Is that uh, what, a, what a bulb is, an electric light bulb? Well, we could. I don't, I don't think we have time uh, 
That's funny. We were just talking about uh, Edison there and the incandescent bulb. I don't know whether she means incandescent. I presume she does. Is it a she or he? No, it's a fellow named Steve. Uh-huh. Well, I think we'd have to take a little more time, maybe another day. Well, uh, why don't we uh, look look it up over the weekend, and if we think of it Monday, well, uh, we'll mention it. I want to say thanks a heap to our director, Vic Collin. Oh, yeah, and uh, Kirby Ayers and Tom Sheehy, Joe Cabibbo. I guess that's about everybody. And Joe Alonzo. Right, sure. So have a nice weekend. Until the next time, Ray Goulding says, ready to get work. Bob Elliott reminding you to hang by your thumb. Facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. <laughs>